0: Something we've been curious about this broadcast. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7. And we have main engine start 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP Nominal
1: Extra. All systems remain nominal,
2: nominal, nominal,
0: nominal. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of TGP Nominal Extra. Well, as you know, we always get UK Astronomy on the show for TGP Nominal Extra, and today is no different, so on the line should be Ross Hockham. How are you doing, sir?
1: Hello again. Here we are another month for looking at the sky
0: yeah and it's been pretty good for that over the last few weeks
1: yeah well last month's been brilliant apart from maybe the last couple of nights <laughs> which i'm sure we we'll go into. yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh so dear.
0: uh apart from from that what have you been up to
1: i did a little bit more astrophotography you'll be pleased to know my second stint i think we, we spoke about i was going to try and get mars didn't i i think yeah and yeah, yeah, I went around Mick's house another evening, I think, cause my, my wife did the uh, the Midnight Moo in Milton Keynes, which is like a long walk for charity. But yeah, it starts at midnight, which is great for me, because while she's walking for three or four hours, <laughs> I think it's about 13 miles or something, crazy girl, <laughs> uh, me and Mick decided, because his wife did it as well, so we were like, oh... The wives are out. Fantastic. Let's go and do a bit of astrophotography. So yeah, he gave me my second lesson. So yeah, I have got a picture of Mars and it's not too bad, to be fair. It's all right. I'm happy with it. I'll talk about that later because there is uh, the dust storm we talked about last month, didn't we? Yeah. (laughs)
0: There's a few problems with it then. Yeah.
1: (laughs) we did the mk17 music festival which was really good that's for uh, cystic fibrosis wasn't it yeah and yeah because mick is my right hand astronomy man as i call him and he knows the girl who's actually got cystic fibrosis who has set up this whole charity to help people who've got it and we met her she's lovely we've got pictures and that of her with all our stuff and she took a picture of all of us which we've actually used on our facebook group now it's got me mick and my wife in, which is very rare
0: i have seen that <laughs> one yes
1: Yes, to have all of us there. We're like, yep, yeah, that's going straight on Facebook. Because usually it's my ugly mug, always. And I went, nope, you two. You're the ones who kind of are propping me up. You're the one without you, you know, I'd fall apart. <laughs> So yeah, it's nice to have all of us there. Yes, yeah, so we did that, and then I think we did it was Buckingham Camp out. and That was uh not this year it was the weekend before, and then we did solar all day. So we were looking at the sun and sunspots, and we we're lucky that it was actually a really nice day. There was lots of flares out. Mick got some pictures and stuck them on. And then from there, it then kind of rolled into the night. So we were there from 2 p.m. till probably about 3 a.m. So a long day and night. But we had a crowd of people turn up. They all saw Saturn, Jupiter for the first time. The moon was out, so they saw that. And then the ones that stayed later actually saw. Uh, miles and then bless them there was this uh couple came down quite late maybe about 11 ish as we were packing up, we were chatting to them. They stayed till 12. And it happened to be her birthday the next day. And as it went over 12, the guy was like, oh, happy birthday. And they, they saw Saturn's rings and that and Mars. And they were amazing. I was like, oh, this is the best night ever. I've got a telescope and I don't really use it. And she was a proper geek, she said. That's always helpful. <laughs> and then as it was her birthday, I was looking in the sky. And I was kind of like, she was looking for the scope. And I went, ah, look at that. See that there? And it was the International Space Station. And it flew up right over the sort of, like the moon as it was setting, and straight over the top of us. And she had never seen that. I was like, they did it for you. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's well worth doing. Uh, What else did we do? We had uh, Richard J. Bartlett. And yeah, he came over for a week or two and he actually came down to the local pub with us and met a load of people. People turned up. We had all the scopes out, chatted to him. He signed my telescope for me that he donated, bless him, and uh, all the books as well that he does because he does loads of guides on the sky. And uh, in the Facebook group, he quite often has weekends where he just gives them away for free, like a PDF copy and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, he's just done that so recently, hasn't he?
1: He has, yeah, yeah, for the uh, the lunar eclipse and that. He said in honour of it, he did a load of, I think, things to see of a small telescope, I think it was. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, for our group, that's great. Cause there's so many beginners in there. And to get a free, I mean, it's a, it's a fantastic book as well. It's very much like the uh, Turn Left at Orion style. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's really, and to get that for free as a beginner, wow so he's a really nice bloke and yeah we sat down had a few beers with him had a good laugh and what's nice is he actually got to meet the UK astronomy team because he's been there from almost the beginning mm-hmm. when we first started up about three four years ago I've always chatted to him and he's always really nice and to actually meet the man it was just great to you know shake his hand got pictures with him so yeah that's all on our Facebook you can see him there
0: No, I was I was pretty gutted because I couldn't actually make it to the meetup yeah but Richard has been really kind to us because he's, he's agreed to actually come on the show hasn't he
1: Yeah, when I was there, I did mention you. I was like, he couldn't come along tonight, but would you be willing to do a podcast? (laughs) Because now with technology, you can do it from anywhere, all over the world, so there's no escaping it.
0: We've now got to try and work out when we can do it because what I'd like, ideally, is for all of us to be in on it if we can. So try and get, uh, obviously, Richard, your good self, myself and John. It's going to be a bit of a logistical (laughs) <laughs> nightmare to try and figure out but i i think it can be done
1: i'm sure we can find an hour or something because you've got to work around my shifts haven't you yeah and you've got to work around his timeline of being in america yeah
0: well see <laughs> when working with john he's like five hours behind us and then yep. richard is another four hours behind john so <laughs> yeah so it's something we've got to work on but i'm sure we can we can come up with something
1: sure we'll figure something out even if if it means me and you end up having to be up late at night lock ourselves in the the bathroom or something while I was asleep talk there but now that'd be quite good because it it, we could all make it almost make it like we're in the pub
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> all chatting having a <laughs>
1: talk about what he does and you know how he does it because it's really interesting when you listen to how he actually started it it was a passion of his and then you know he made these books and then his first one made some money for him and he was like oh wow this is amazing he was doing it because he loved it but then when he started getting people buying it he was like oh my god people actually buy my work this is cool so then he also made another one and then more people bought that and he was like that's great so it's helping him Do more, and as I said, he's always throwing free stuff into our Facebook group. So,
0: we've been sharing his stuff on on the uh, TGP Nominal Facebook page as well and uh, he's always you know thanking us for sharing and uh, and stuff
1: yeah he gets i mean a lot of our members they're always on there saying thank you so much to him so you know he's a really nice bloke after meeting him and that and his wife and his dad as well his dad drove him down all the way from uh luton area up to milton Keynes just so he could meet us all and we did give him a uk astronomy mug it's got to be done <laughs>
2: of course
1: <laughs> He did send a picture of it with it with a cup of tea in it and his breakfast, so it's being well used.
0: If we do get him on, on the show, is a, a possibility he could become one of our honorary crew members as well. So, uh, yeah, why be
1: not? Cool. I think he lives in Los Angeles now, I'm probably yeah, wrong, but that's yeah. what I, the gist I got.
0: It wouldn't take much to send a, a patch off to Los Angeles, to be honest. <laughs> and uh, I've done it before, yeah, <laughs> and,
1: you can get a, get a picture of it of all his books,
0: yeah. So, uh That is the only thing we we ask of our uh, honorary members in return is if we can get a photograph of them with the patch so that we can put it on the wall. If you go to TGP Nominal's website and look at our honorary crew member page, you'll see some of the amazing people that we have actually got as honorary crew members on there. Um, One thing I also wanted to mention before we go into the main part of the show is something that we're going to introduce to the Facebook group as well. A lot of people who may be familiar with our website will have seen a thing called TGP Nominal Launchpad. Now, what Launchpad is, is basically a list of all the different launches, space launches that are taking place throughout the following month. And what we try and do is give you a little bit of information. There's these little uh, information boards on the website. And if you click on each of those, it will take you to the website for the corporation or the space agency that's actually running that launch. Now, after the launch has taken place, if you click on it again, If it is available, they're not always available because some of the space agencies don't actually put up video footage of their launches, but we try and give you the rocket launch footage to see for yourself after the launch has taken place. We also put links up to um, any webcasts that are out there for that rocket launch. Obviously NASA do it, SpaceX do it, most of the big boys do it, Russia do it. The only ones who don't really put up any launch webcasts running anything, it's China. Everybody else does.
1: All <laughs> very secretive.
0: So uh, whenever there's a, a rocket launch that's coming up for China, we don't normally include it in the list because... There's no information about that launch, (laughs) so uh, it's pointless putting it up because we can't tell you anything. So, yeah, at the beginning of the month, on the launch pad page, we put a list of all the launches that are coming up. Some of them may change. The dates may change because they do get moved around a bit depending on weather conditions, and there's lots of other things that you have to think about for a rocket launch. So at the beginning of the month, there'll be a link to it in the uh, UK Astronomy Facebook group. Um, the only other time during the month that I'll make any mentions to it in the Facebook group is if there are any changes It should be quite interesting for you all to have a look at that, and hopefully you'll be able to see some launches that you probably didn't even know existed.
1: Yeah, it's always nice to find new things out, isn't it?
0: Yeah. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, Ross is going to go into what's going on in August Skies.
2: Hi, I'm Matt Damon. I play astronaut Mark Watney in The Martian. In the story, my character is accidentally stranded on Mars. Sending people to Mars and returning them safely is the challenge of a generation. The whole world held its breath when the Curiosity rover landed in 2012. The boot prints of astronauts will follow those rover tracks thanks to innovations happening today. NASA's journey to Mars begins on the International Space Station, some 250 miles overhead, where we're learning how humans can thrive over long periods without gravity. Here at home, people are working across the country on the new Orion spacecraft and Space Launch System rocket that will carry astronauts farther than ever before. When we invent new technologies for exploration, it benefits all of humanity. But more than that, The journey to Mars will forever change our history books, rewriting what we know about the red planet and expanding a human presence deeper into the solar system. Follow NASA's journey to Mars at www.nasa.gov.
0: Good morning. It's T minus 45 minutes until the final countdown commences. In less than one hour, if all goes according to plan, the three members of the Apollo 11 crew will blast off in their. My father's name was Edwin Eugene Aldrin. ...has dreamt of, mankind's greatest adventure. I became Buzz. Destination, the moon. He looked back at the earth and watched it get smaller
2: oh it was beautiful Apollo 11 this is Houston I've got the morning news here if you're interested over go ahead Houston. Uh, an Irishman has won the world porridge eating championship by consuming 23 bowls of instant oatmeal I'd like to enter Aldrin in the oatmeal eating contest next time he's on his 19th bowl. <laughs> roger
0: Human nature and curiosity is to explore the world around us. And the world around us includes way beyond. do Eagle, get in here. Go for landing, over. I'll do the Go for landing. Roger 1202, we copy it. We're go. Stay hike, right, We're go. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle.
2: Terrible ship. Magnificent ventilation.
0: The next generation of explorers should not ever give up.
2: Blast off into the podosphere with TGP Nominal.
0: Extra. Shall we get on with it?
2: Yeah,
1: let's go for it.
0: So What's going on out there?
1: What's going on? Well, first of all, I wanted to talk about uh, what happened on the 27th of July. <laughs> <laughs>
0: what didn't happen, did Yes,
1: yeah. God. Well, it did happen. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Let's put it this way: it didn't just not happen. It wasn't an act of God or anything.
2: <laughs>
1: but yeah, if you listened to uh, last month's podcast, there were two main events happening in the UK skies, and uh, as Bark said, what happened? Well. The UK skies is what happened. <laughs> there was a red moon rising, which everyone was banging on about. And it was all over the papers. Yeah. It was everywhere. Yeah. People talking about it, the, the longest lunar eclipse for years. And after kind of two months of near perfect, clear, hot weather, what happened on that night? That exact <laughs> night? Thunderstorms and 100% cloud. Oh, Love yeah. it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Thor was having a field day that night, I can oh, tell
1: you. It was great. He was sitting there thinking, you know what? I'm going to, yeah, let's tease them. <laughs> it's teasing for two months and then just go, ha ha, make it rain. <laughs> so yeah, and also on, on that day, Mars was uh, at opposition as well. So it was going to be, you know, it's brightest. You could have seen them both rising together. I was at work and I did keep popping out sort of every 15 minutes and climbing onto a roof to (laughs) see if I could get a good vantage. And, you know, out of like the 3,000 Facebook members, all you could see in the group was just like people just ended up for a laugh, just taking pictures of this guy, which is just cloud and cloud, and rain and thunder.
0: (laughs) Or taking pictures of pieces of salami and saying, look at that red moon. (laughs)
1: yeah so this is what happens when astronomers get bored. they play up, <laughs> so people were taking pictures of oranges and yeah bits of salami and saying this you know I've seen it, this is it, here you go." <laughs> And things like that. Yeah, but, it, but the females, it was great because they're all chatting on there. They're all taking the mickey out of each other. There's good banter. And, and blaming Mick you know, for it. <laughs> blaming, yes, Mick, Mick, because he is always at Tring Astronomy Centre buying something. So, it, it, yeah, it, he got the blame for this.
0: There is a kind of a tradition with, with astronomers, uh, and it, it works the same as, you know when somebody goes out and starts up a barbecue or yep. washes their car, you know yep. it's going to rain.
1: That's it. Summer's over.
0: And it works the same with astronomers where if somebody goes out and buys new equipment, something's going to happen.
1: <laughs> Cloud. It's always cloudy. Buy a new bit of kit. Can't wait to use it. Cloudy for a week. So that's why we always say to each other as like a, a goodbye. is almost like we say clear skies. Mm-hmm. As astronomers, so yeah. When you buy a bit of kit, which Mick has done a lot, (laughs) so yeah, he actually got the entire blame for this whole event (laughs) on the Facebook group. But he took it well. He's got a good sense of humour. So yeah, yeah. Out of out of all the members on the Facebook group, I think I saw maybe three pictures, and they got a glimpse of it. Uh, I think it was mostly a lucky few that actually travelled. One, a couple went to France. I think there was someone who went to. I think they've got family in Iraq or something like that. So they went to Iraq and they saw it there. They sent us a picture to let us know that it was actually happening. Uh, good old NASA had a live feed, didn't they? Yes, they did. They always have a live feed. So there was a couple of members actually chucked that on the group for us. So you could see that it is there. And I think a few people actually used their iPad and held it up mm-hmm. <laughs> as if they were actually seeing it in the sky behind the clouds.
0: I was actually watching through the SLU uh, Community Telescope project because um, mm-hmm. they had live feeds from, I think it was in the Canary Islands, I think.
1: Yeah, in the group, because it's UK based, we generally ask people not to post things from remote telescopes just because it's not, you can't see it in the UK sky or it's because the group's about going out and actually seeing stuff, doing it yourself, going out, looking up and, you know, that sort of thing. So that's what we kind of promote, but... And things like this happen. In the end of the day, why not? You can use remote telescopes. I mean, they go into schools and everything, don't they? They're great for schools and yeah, things because yeah. during the day it's it's night somewhere else.
0: And and the added bonus with being a UK group is that you've got a lot of UK Pats that live overseas. So they're still UK based people. They've still got UK yeah. passports, but they just happen to live
1: yeah or they they live here country. for a certain amount of time. Then they go off over there. Yeah. And yeah, we don't mind pictures and that being put in from, you know, from holidays and things like that. But just let people know that they are from your holidays or they're from over there because yeah. you're there. Because otherwise people think, oh my God, yeah, that, is that in the sky? And they go out and look and try and find it and it's not.
0: Also, one of the things that annoyed me about the newspapers, because I think it was the Daily <laughs> Mirror or the Sun or one of those, were saying that the Moon and Mars are going to be the same size and you will be able yeah. to see them. And I had no. to say to people, um, you can see <laughs>
1: Mars, but... Yep.
0: you're going to have to look for a telescope
1: <laughs> I do, I think I think it might have actually been Mick as well That now I don't want to get anyone in trouble so there was. it was on the news where he actually posted the link and the guy actually said that it was going to be in between the sun and the earth
0: <laughs>
1: and we were like oh come on and I don't, I'm not going to say who, what, where, when or why because I don't want to get sued <laughs> but yeah someone posted and said the complete wrong thing and you're like it's not hard is it you can just google these things generally you know look at a few and you'll get the gist of it
0: it happens to the best of us i mean tim peak oh yeah tim peak said something similar when he was up on the space station uh by saying (laughs) i'm looking out the window now and i can see some of these brilliant countries i can see africa there's a brilliant country that i can see and they're like ah tim it's another (laughs) country it's a continent (laughs) (laughs)
1: that's in the heat of the moment isn't it yeah (laughs) well like you're talking on here and you say something and you think back afterwards after it's all been recorded and you go Oh, why did I say that? Oh well, let's hope no one notices.
0: That's the, that's the beauty of editing, though. But on a, oh, li- yeah. on a live feed, you can't get away with it. Yeah. See, you
1: guys, you think it sounds really good, but really, it's Mark cutting out everything that I get wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one saw anything, but there is a better chance in 2019. So there is going to be a, a lunar eclipse. That's actually going to be. It's going to be at stupid o'clock in the morning. I think something like two till five. And what? the moon will be up high in the sky for us, and we'll be able to see it actually.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think there's something like half past five till something half past six in the morning. But in yeah. January, it's going to be really dark then anyway.
1: Yeah, because the, make any the
0: light doesn't start coming in until about half past seven. So
1: no, but as you know, we post it up there when we know. I've got it in my diary now. I've, I've got the date. I can't remember the exact date. I didn't write it down. <laughs> but yeah, so always not lost. Don't run off and throw yourself into rivers and things like that just because you didn't get to see it there's always a chance there's always things happening in the sky
0: these things are not as rare as people think
1: no not as rare as the papers make out (laughs) i mean how many in the last year that we've been doing this or whatever how many things have they said you know yeah supermoon yeah (laughs) supermoon yeah that happens yeah blue moon yeah yeah that happens yeah quite a bit (laughs) (laughs) the closest approach yeah but we're still going to be pretty close next year (laughs) (laughs) and things like that so it's all all is not lost so yeah yeah so now we're in August if you've been an avid listener to the show which I hope you have and I thank you and so does Mark because I can't remember when we first did them i do think we might have spoken about uh what the main event is in august which is uh it actually was the subject of my first ever talk that i ever did for uk astronomy and that was back in like 2015 and yeah i was really nervous (laughs) so i've added some of that into this to talk about it a bit so i thought that'd be quite cool and it's the uh the Perseid meteor shower
0: oh yes
1: yes one of the year's best even though it's in summer i think there's a december one that's probably the better one because it's darker but you know oh it's it's a really good one it lasts Quite a few. It's it like two weeks, doesn't it? Uh, well, technically, I think if we listen to the
0: the last one, I think last one is the, already the, started. The start of it was yeah last month. So yeah,
1: the actual you know official start of it. But they always say the peak is the best. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, we've got Percy admit your shower, but before i go on that i'm going to start off uh talking about uh, a comet that's visible because it kind of links in and uh it's visible most of this month and it's called 21p whatever it is, and this this is the bit where i i don't know the name the zinner bit's fine but you've got like g-a-c-o-b-i-n-i zinner so what do you, how do you reckon you pronounce that
0: strange thing with me i need to see it written down
1: yeah i know so- <laughs> <laughs> i stitched you up <laughs> so it's got to be beanie or Binny, so I'll go Gaccabini?
0: I would pronounce it Giacobini
1: ah there you go is that, is that because it says it there in brackets
0: um, next to it <laughs> no that, that, that's how I would pronounce it because it looks Italian so yeah uh, it
1: definitely looks Italian and I'm awful at this sort of thing <laughs> so and yeah it should be within binocular sights, hopefully and it's going to brighten even more over the month as it passes and it's going to be passing over the uh, constellation Cassiopeia which is the vain queen and the mother of Andromeda from about the 11th to the 16th of this month, it's going to be by one of its stars, so Cassiopeia's stars. Uh, Epsilon-Cas, or Cassiopeia really, it's the left star. So the most leften star, I say leften, <laughs> that's probably not even a word, is it? Bottom left of Cassiopeia, that star is going to be just at the top of it. So it's Epsilon-Cas. If you put it into a Stellarium, it will come up with the, uh, the the Latin or Greek alphabet that goes with it. So that's where to look. Binoculars and hopefully blocks have quite a good field of view, so you should be able to see it if you look at that star. It's going to kind of travel across and down by the looks of it. Funnily enough, the constellation Perseus, the hero who saved Andromeda, is just below Cassiopeia and this star, and that is where the Perseid meteor shower radiates from. So while you're there, you can have a look and see if any uh, meteors are going to go from there, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, this comet actually causes, I think we spoke about this, the, the Draconid meteor shower. Yeah. And that happens later in the year, around about October. So this comet actually causes another meteor shower. Because the Earth passes through, as it goes uh, through the path of the comet. That's You know, so you can see the comet, and then later on you can see that where it's travelling. That path, the Earth's going to shoot through it, which is quite cool. And this is how meteor showers are generally kind of created. So I'm going to talk a little bit about comets now. So a comet, is a relatively small solar system body, but it plays a large part in this month's shower, funnily enough. Uh, and although meteoroids look pretty spectacular as they, you know, they streak across the skies and burn up, they're pretty much just dust particles, aren't they? Just bits of dust. Yeah. And they come from the decaying surfaces of these comets. So what happens is as a comet gets closer to the sun, its surface starts to sort of heat up, as as you would, because the sun is, you know, a huge ball of burning <laughs> gas and plasma this is this is from my talk before so i quite like it so i was kind of reliving what i did as i was saying that it really it's kind of like snow almost it's just like clumps of like frozen stuff and bits and bobs and snow it's just below the surface and that heats up and turns into a gas which then escapes breaking up the actual surface of you know the dusty nucleus of the comet and blowing those particles away from it does that sound right yeah <laughs> yeah and these particles then form a stream all around the original path of the orbit of the comet, which, you know, in- it increases with each pass of the comet. So as it goes round again and again and again and again, it gets thicker and thicker and thicker as more and more is there. Mm-hmm. And uh, the larger the comet, or more volatile, then the denser the stream is. Yeah. So our inner solar system, apparently, is full of these comet streams all over the place.
0: Basically like aerodynamics, isn't it? If if you look at uh, a plane or whatever, they have these jet streams that come off the back, which you can't actually see... Yep. but if you see something going through a wind tunnel or something like that you can actually see the streams coming off of it and that's yep. basically what you're getting with, with a comet but as you say because it's volatile and got all this stuff spewing out the top of it and out the sides because of the speed of the, the way the comet's travelling it comes out as this kind of almost like a jet coming out the back of the, uh, of the
1: comet yeah which you can sometimes see can't you especially in pictures mm. sometimes they have two don't they they have two tails, two One's tails Yeah, the way it's travelling And the other one is actually where it's being, you know, affected by the sun and getting sort of melted off Mm -hmm. in that sort of direction, which is even cooler. So you can kind of see it actually melting away there and then giving off this stream. Sometimes Earth actually goes through it. So you're going through all these bits of, you know, decay bits of comet that have all flown off of it. And uh, yeah, the Earth technically pretty much, it kind of collides with them, doesn't it? Yeah. So, we collide with all these bits of dust and hopefully small bits of rock and things like that. And that's what creates the shooting stars. So, like this month's Perseids, over time, we've noticed that these are actually fixed events that happen every year or in certain times and places and things like that, and where they come from as well. So, this one's the Perseids because it happens near the constellation Perseid. So. That's how it works.
0: If you go to some of these science centres like the Space Centre and there's a lot of other science centres throughout the UK and throughout the world, if you're lucky, you might even be able to see and maybe, if, if you're very lucky, be able to touch a bit of these comets that may have broken up and got through the atmosphere and they do have them on display in some, some of these science centres. So you look at these pieces and you think, wow that came from space
1: yeah so i've I've got a little bit of meteorite here and you kind of sit there and you think that's flown through space you don't know where it's been where it's come from for billions of years maybe you know you don't know and i've got that here in my house and you're like that was in space man (laughs) that's cool so yeah i keep forgetting to take it places but because it's so small and frightened someone's either going to steal it or i'm going to lose it yeah
0: (laughs) you might you might need to put it in a a case or something
1: it's in a little plastic square thing but yeah I'm going to have to get something a bit more uh, worthy <laughs> to keep it in this comet and it's been named after this one's easy easy to pronounce this one's Swift-Tuttle which is the comet that causes the Perseid meteor shower yeah they generally come from the people who discovered them haven't they so it was Lewis Swift and uh, Horace great name Horace Parnell-Tuttle and apparently it was about 1862 they discovered it and if you look them up one of them has got a cracking pair of sideburns I salute you sir Swift-Tuttle it, uh, has an orbital period of about 133 years. They said it was last seen in 1992 and it's not going to be seen again until 2126. So that probably counts most of us out of seeing it <laughs> unless you're really young or a bit of all of you, Lay, keep you going. But to have created such a splendid amount of dust around there, you think 133 years is one. It must have gone around Probably a few hundred or thousand times. And then that's times 133 years. So it's probably been there quite a while. Because it loses a bit every time, doesn't it? So it might have been even bigger, I'm guessing.
0: Um, I would have thought so, yeah.
1: Yeah, so slowly burning away as it goes around there. Pretty cool. So... As you could have guessed, it's called the Perseid Meteor Shower because the actual where they radiate, which is pretty much where they come from or where they're seen from, is the constellation Perseus. If you look at Perseus as a man, and by the head, it's actually between Perseus and Cassiopeia. And if you're looking there, if you've got binoculars, have a peek, because there is also a really nice double cluster of stars there. It's quite famous and it is really nice. And if you can find that, have a look there while you're looking. So July's podcast, we did actually say that we are technically already going through it. Yeah. So you could see them if you go out now, but they peak sort of mid-August. Now, if you think about it, you're sat now listening, maybe in your car or on your computer or out looking at the skies if you're, you know, you're taking it with you on your travels. But as you're standing there, you're moving. As we know, when you look for a telescope that isn't tracking, you can actually see the Earth sort of move, can't you? As Jupiter will actually drift out or the Moon will. Yeah. And that's actually the Earth spinning. But then you've also got the Earth is flying through its orbit. And I believe, what is it, around 30 kilometers per second?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: Yeah, so that's that's us. So we're actually flying that fast. And then you think about it, we're then hitting this dust stream of bits and bobs and that. So even though it's kind of just bits of dust, that's quite a speed that we're hitting it. <laughs> and it's probably moving quite fast as well. And if you think about it, it takes us about two weeks probably to properly pass through like the densest part of this stream, the Perseid one. So think about calculating how big that must be. 30 kilometres per second, it takes two weeks to actually properly go through it all. That's quite a big stream of dust, isn't it?
0: Absolutely, humongously big. They're not that big, are they? These these bits of rock that are coming through the atmosphere, if you like. But they're just made up of all these different elements, which causes the different colours that you might get on them as well.
1: They say you can't see it with the eye as well but they do have slight different colors depending on the elements. I think there's like green and things like that. I think there's actually, if you put it into Google, it does come up with like a list that shows you, doesn't it? Mm. What color means, what element, things like that. So if you have got cameras and you're, you're filming them, you do see a slight color in it, it might be because it's actually an element burning up. They're not actually as big as people think they are. you think of it as you know like a nice chunk of rock flying down but it's because of the speed it's like when a when a meteor enters the atmosphere it actually goes from traveling through the vacuum of space with no friction whatsoever to suddenly traveling through air and as we know air can create a lot of friction quite a lot of friction so because they travel at generally sort of what tens of thousands of kilometers per hour yeah when they when they hit the air it kind of compresses it in the front so the air compresses at the front of this bit of dust incredibly quickly and when a gas is compressed its temperature heats up so that then also causes the meteor to heat up as well and it starts to glow and that's what you're seeing as it's kind of burning up so really it's almost like the compressed air that's doing it Mm -hmm. and yeah it'll continue to burn the meteor until there's nothing left and that's where you see the streak go across i think they call it re-entry don't they yeah yeah I like, I like that word. So the re-entry temperatures and I have got this written down, which is quite lucky <laughs> apparently they can reach about 1,650 degrees Celsius you'll know more about this being a, a rocket man <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's about right, yeah.
1: The Larger particles can glow even brighter and possibly even pop in the sky mm-hmm. leaving sort of smoke trails. We have, I have seen this, I actually probably spoke about this before a few years ago. It wasn't my finest moment as I always say because I was actually having a wee in a bush <laughs> I was out doing some astronomy and as I standing there uh the whole sky lit up in front of me all green like the whole field and everything I like kind of went, what is that looked around and i saw it popping i remember it was green and it actually went lots sort of like boom 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 like that and there's a streak in the sky and it lit the whole field up around me so luckily there was no one else about but you know that was, it was obviously a larger piece that luckily didn't crash or anything kill anyone so I think generally, if a meteor is over something like 30 kilograms, they say that only sort of like then the the surface layers is what's le- lost during re-entry. Yeah. And uh, our atmosphere eventually will slow it down as it's coming in. To freefall, which is about 90 miles an hour, mm-hmm. and then it can actually get through and hit the ground, and that's that's when it becomes a meteorite, isn't it? so I get confused. So you've got meteoroids, meteors, yep. meteorites.
0: Meteors are the the main thing, the big actual yep. rock. It eventually breaks up, and they become uh, meteoroids, which is when they're in space and they've yep. broken up. their meteoroids. As soon yep. as they get into our atmosphere, they become meteorites.
1: A meteorite. Yeah, so it comes on, it hits the ground. Or, as you said, you can find bits. There was a guy who lived in uh, America in Peekskill, I believe. It's a very strange name for a place. And it actually, a piece of it, got through and went through the back of his recently purchased car. It's $300, his car originally, when he bought it. it went through the back, made a hole. It says it's 656 grams, the actual piece that they found and they got. And uh, he then sold his car to a local museum for $10,000. <laughs> So who said cars decrease in value? Three, all you needed is a bit of rock to hit it.
0: <laughs> the only person, I can't remember her name now, but it was in the 1950s that actually got struck by a piece of meteorite. She, she did end up in hospital with it. I mean, this mm. this bit of rock that hit her was about the size of a pineapple. Nice. So, That's going to hurt. Yeah. That was the only time somebody has been hit. So if you think about that, that in the whole scale of things, don't worry about it too much. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs>
1: bits of rock falling through the sky. There's a, there's a, there's loads of other things. In fact, you're, you're more chance of actually getting in your car or something happening yeah. than that actually being hit by a bit of rock. There's three classifications, apparently, for meteorites. So you have, what, stony meteorites, which are the most common. They say about 93% found so far. And then you have iron meteorites, which are rarer. They say about 5%. So I don't know where the, three, the 93 and the 5%. And then the third one, you'll never guess what they are, stony iron meteorites, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> make up the rest. They say that they, the rarest ones, actually, kind of, they're similar in composition of what they're made of to actually the rocky planets in our solar system, don't they? Yeah. And NASA, I think, are they still sending Osiris Rex, is it? Is
0: it? Yeah, that's, that's been launched, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's the one that's going to, yeah, is it going to the one between, it's been the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter, isn't
0: it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah,
1: they're, they're, they're trying to... Because it's an iron one, they think it might actually hmm. be the core of the failed planet that the asteroid belt was going to be. The name of the ship's <laughs> awesome as well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it doesn't I, actually look like a dinosaur, unfortunately. I, I,
0: I know this because my name is actually on that spacecraft, so... Oh.
1: <laughs> Check him out, eh? Yeah, so now you guys should know all about the person Meteor shower, and you can wow your friends with some cool facts and stories.
2: Voyages of TGP Nominal and its infinite mission to explore space, science and technology news to explore the world of sci-fi, comic-con and gaming to boldly go where no podcast has gone before.
1: So we can now actually move on to the month ahead if you like. That'll be cool. So yeah, on the 11th of this month, We have a new moon. Mm -hmm. Apparently, if you're into your astrology, a new moon means is meant to mean a new birth. So depending on which sign it actually is in or constellation, means it's gonna be a new birth for you. But to us astronomers, we don't believe in all that. (laughs) You know, it has its place, but for us what it means is that it's out the way. So we can look into the depths of the universe. So we can look past our solar system at nebula that's within our galaxy and even out of our galaxy to other galaxies farther afield. Can I get a woohoo? Woohoo! Brilliant. We've <laughs> <laughs> got the 12th of the 13th. And that is the Perseid meteor shower. That's when it peaks, the 12th to the 13th. But go out the whole month and just look. You never know what you might see. You might see a fireball. Fireballs sometimes happen when there isn't a meteor shower. Just a random bit of rock. We just happen to bump into it. Uh, they say it's best around about one or two a.m. But if you can't start that late, just have a look anyway. Why not? And they reckon there's probably about fifty to seventy an hour, but they always—they it, it ranges so much, doesn't it? Yeah sometimes they say 50 sometimes it goes up to 150 so it really depends on you know you can't really calculate all these tiny bits of dust that you're going through or whether there's pockets of denser bits around so you don't know unless you go out i think the most i've seen is 65 and that was in about an hour and a half so i thought that was pretty well done very happy with that so yeah this is also funnily enough the subject of the uk astronomy's photo competition this month so the idea is to get people out with your cameras set them up find out how to use them to capture actual meteor showers and then post them in our group Tag me in them, Ross Hockham, and you can win your place in our calendar. And then you also win a calendar as well. So you get your photo on August, and we have two runners-up as well, and they then get voted for in December's category, which is like a free-for-all. So all the runners-up then get voted for by our members in the group. So get out and get your camera out. Have a look, see if you can take some. On the 14th, there's a nice thin crescent moon, and it's going to be near the planet Venus. Now, I love seeing a crescent moon, as the sun just sets. Never look at the sun, remember. It's bad for you because it just kind of looks almost, you know, sci-fi. Like thin crescent moon as the sun sets, as yellow, reddy background, and Venus up in the sky as well. And Venus is slowly going to start moving back towards the sun this month, so now's the time to have a quick peek at it. The 17th, we've still got the moon. It's going to move backwards in the sky, up here too, towards Jupiter. So it's a great signpost, as always, to find the planet Jupiter. And there, this day, Venus actually does reach its greatest elongation. So it's the best time to see it because it's furthest away from the sun in our sky before it then starts moving towards it again and then eventually becoming a morning object later on in a few months. On the 18th, we have spoken and I'm sure we actually had it as an object of the month, didn't we? The Lunar X and V? Yes, we have. Yeah, we've had that up there. So this one's a different one because it's actually a bit of a challenge because I'm going to ask if you can see it during the day. Is during the day, the moon will be up and where the Terminator is, which is the shadow, I'll be back. If you look across there, especially with binoculars or a telescope, there is actually like an X and a V, which we have spoken out for. About 6.30pm apparently is the best time to have a look. And it's just an illusion, which is caused by the sunlight just sort of glimpsing the top of a few craters and that. But it looks quite cool. So go ahead and have a look at that. Something to do during the day with the kids, or if you're a big kid like me, 20th 21st the moon is now going to move across and above the planet saturn so both those days you'll see it kind of in front to the right of saturn then it'll move to the left behind and it's going to wax as well as it's going across there so that's a good time to see saturn the 22nd to the 23rd the moon now heads towards the still very bright mars which is just coming out of opposition so it's not as bright as it would be but it's still there and from what i've seen the dust storm that was on it has actually dissipated it's 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 going there's more detail being seen so it's definitely worth having a look because as I said before I did my astrophotography on it got a lovely picture but it is slightly blurry and that's because I've captured the dust storm and to me that's wicked but I want to see some detail of this great planet so now's still a good month to go out and have a look at Mars you can't miss it it's still probably the brightest thing in the sky at the moment but as you said it's not the size of the moon <laughs> it never gets that close or that big uh, on the 26th it's mercury's time to reach its elongation so it's going to have its greatest western elongation and this will be in the morning sky so just before the sun comes up it's a really good time to see it. it's quite elusive being close to the sun never look at the sun and be careful when you're looking around it and yeah you have to get up early before it rises and uh, yeah it'd be a really good time to see it. and it should form for the, as you go throughout the month it's going to go from sort of like a crescent up to about three quarters full towards the end of the month so you can actually watch Mercury have a phase because it's in between us and the sun Now on the 28th apparently Mars actually becomes stationary in the sky and this is due to sort of like an effect of us because we're going past it and then you almost kind of go back looking like you're going past it it kind of has it's called a retrograde isn't it have you heard of that before? Yeah Yeah you have like a retrograde in the sky so almost what it does is it moves along one way and it kind of then goes back on itself stops and then does a loop if you look it up it's just how orbits work and how when you're going past an object it's going one way but then you're kind of going back on yourself it goes the other way
0: So you know sometimes when you look a wheel on a car when it's moving it almost looks like it's going backwards yep it's a similar kind of thing
1: it's kind of almost like an illusion isn't it Mm -hmm. it's kind of the way it works but it's quite cool because people do actually take pictures each night of where they are and it actually shows you how they do loops and things like that and how the actual the moon almost does like a figure of eight doesn't it yeah. if you take it at the same time every night and things like that and the sun as well someone did it with the sun going up rising and going down in the sky throughout the summer and the winter which is really cool to see so yeah so you can go out and see Mars and know that at that point it's not going to move for a bit so yeah that's this month's highlights so the main thing is the Percy of Meteor Shower so hopefully we'll get lots of pictures and lots of people will be there but as I said I'm pretty sure you know we'll be out as UK Astronomy you know looking at the Meteor Showers throughout the month so keep an eye on our Facebook and website which is www.ukastronomy.org plus uh, as you know Mark, you're there as well now. Park Life in (laughs) Aylesbury.
0: Yeah, at the end of the month, at the bank holiday.
1: Yeah, so the last weekend of August, we're going to be in Aylesbury at Park Life, and you can see it's on our on our events, and that on our Facebook and everything. I'm sure Mark's going to be sharing it as well. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we're there all day. UK astronomy doing solar, so hopefully we'll see sunspots and flares and prominences, but no clouds. And then we actually stay there throughout the night because we're allowed to camp overnight. The mayor gave us permission, which is quite cool. We'll be there staying over, so you can come along and actually do some actual astronomy with us. I think we've got another event back at Stowe House. I'm sure it's the 14th of August. We're there during the day, so we're going to be just doing solar stuff in their amazing gardens. Stowe House has got fantastic gardens there. So myself and Mick... be there doing solar and i do believe i'm doing a little sort of 15 20 minute talk just about kind of like the sun and what it is and how it affects us and possibly finding out how stowe gardens is actually built isn't it most gardens or you know i like to call them historic big gardens they're they're always kind of made aren't they to face a certain direction yeah for for reasons and things that had to do with sun and things like that and when we did the astronomy it's perfect it's all open And it's there, like everything's there to see. So it's really good, like Orion and things like that. It's in the perfect position for us.
0: Well, when you think about uh, a lot of these stately homes, they have purpose-built sundials, so it has to be in a certain position for it to work.
1: Yeah, i have to find if they've got one there, actually, because they have. I'll chuck that in talk because I love to add little bits and bobs. I'm just waiting for them to, uh, they're going to get back to me and let me know a bit of history, hopefully, about the house so then I can integrate it into the actual talk so that we can link Stowe and the Sun. Oh, the Sun at Stowe. There you go.
0: That sounds cool. that's quite
1: cool isn't it that's what i might call it (laughs) there we go (laughs) excellent there you go right i've got 14 days now to write it up and get it all sorted but yeah so that's everything that's going on so hopefully we'll have some more clear skies and we get to see jupiter and the moon's out the way for the meteor shower bits of you know decaying comets flying around and if if anyone's car does get hit let me know (laughs) and i'll buy it on the cheap and then sell it
0: Weebly.com That's SpamheadProductions.weebly.com So, Ross, we always enjoy having you on here because it just gets the word out there about what's going on out there. and uh, <laughs> It brings something new to the show every month. And now we've got it separated, I think it's going to be even more we can bring to this element of the show.
1: Yeah, should be cool. I mean, it gives listeners something to actually listen to and then be able to actually go and do if it gets people out looking up at the sky and seeing the planets and the wonders at the moment there's loads of planets up there so yeah listen to this go out go and look and then go on to facebook and tell me that you've seen them yeah i definitely. love it
0: well that's the the end of this episode i'm not 100 sure what's going on in the main show but listen again it's going to be around about halfway through the month so keep listening to tgp nominal and i'm sure we'll have something that will keep you entertained Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. Be sure to visit tgpnominal.weebly.com for the show notes for this or any other episode. Just look for the relevant tab on the menu. If you want to get in touch
2: with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com Because your input is our output. Or click on the social media icons on the top left of the page at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe
0: to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn on Demand Radio. Don't forget to rate and review us. You can find links on all our podcast pages. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us.